0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: The Vikings win the battle, but potentially lose the war. We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on the Locked On Vikings Postcast. You are
2: Locked On Vikings Postcast. Part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, what's up? Vikings win in Lambeau 24-10, but lose Kirk Cousins, who went down with an apparent leg injury. We got the full four-man crew today. Myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Ron Johnson down there. He's on X at 3 Ron Johnson, host of the Ron Johnson Show, right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Luke Braun, host of Lockdown Vikings each and every day. He's on X at Luke Braun NFL. And of course, we got the glue to the entire operation over there. Sam Ekstrom, host of the Minnesota Football Party every Monday and Thursday. He's on X at Sam Ekstrom. Before we jump into it, fellas, quick reminder, like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. we got all the Vikings coverage you can handle each and every day. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss a beat with Lockdown Sports Minnesota, your team every day. All right, boys. Vikes make it three in a row. Second division win of the season in Lambeau, beating the Packers 24-10. But the A topic, without a doubt, Kirk Cousins leaves the game in the third quarter with a non-contact leg injury. Uh, You hate to speculate, but it absolutely Mm -hmm. looks like an Achilles injury when he dropped back to pass. He was untouched. He just fell to the ground. Ron, let's start with you because... Wow, I need to take a breath. Obviously, that's a huge win. You win the game; that's huge. Two and on in the division. Three, three and on your last three. But if Kirk Cousins is out the remainder of the year, that certainly changes the outlook on things in a hurry.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at Jaron Hall, he came in, he was two for three, or sorry, three for four. But it it was um, it, it's tough to throw Jaron Hall in there when at the end of the game, when the game plan was already set for a guy like Kirk Cousins um honestly if it has to be jaren hall next week this is the best stretch possible to have a backup quarterback come in at when you got the falcons the saints um and and you look at that so when you think about and then the bears are in there too so when you think about the team and then after the bye week you got the raiders so you know when you look at that that's this is a great kind of like stretch for jaren uh thank goodness this wasn't the 49ers and jaren hall uh, but the 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 run game for the Vikings is what's troubling. When you bring in a quarterback of Jaron Hall's uh, ability as a rookie, you would hope the run game uh, could could help, you know, take take a little bit off of his plate. And the way it's looking right now, it, it doesn't seem like that's the case. So getting him out the pocket, getting him moving around a little bit more, I think that's going to be the key for Kevin O'Connell this week, figuring out how can I get the most out of Jaron Hall.
1: Yeah. Luke, same question to start because now there's just so many things to think about here because if it's what we think it is, it's not like, you know, JJ, who, you know, you're getting back in four games and Achilles, which is what it looked like would be out for the year. Obviously give us just your biggest knee jerk reaction, I guess, about Kirk's injury and what it would mean for the team.
2: Yeah. Like it looks like an Achilles on, on the broadcast. You saw the like All the telltale factors, but hey, I'm no doctor. I'll wait for somebody official to say that before I roll with it. But let's for now assume, okay, out for the season. What are the options? Right. We got 48 hours till the trade deadline. You do something spicy there. Right. Go take Kyler Murray away from the Cardinals or something stupid like that. Like maybe there's something crazy that you uh, can go do and find interesting value. Uh, Barring that. Who's out there on, on the free agent market? I don't even know off the top of my head who's out there on the free agent market. Or maybe it's it's not, you know, trading the world for Kyler Murray, but it's going out for, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett. Um, somebody suggested to me. Somebody like that that can just kind of like bridge you over and say, well, let's get the ball off to Addison, who played really well again for the second game in a row, and and Jefferson as he comes back, like what happens there, right? That's an option. Or maybe there's an option where you say, no, we drafted Jaron Hall in the fifth round. We got him here for a reason, and this is the reason. Um, and and you roll with the season that way. What gives you the best chance? What gives you the best future? There's all kinds of moving factors that are still like kind of swirling around in my head. But my, my instant reaction is to go, okay, let's brainstorm options. What are all the options? Those are the ones I thought of.
1: Yeah, and Sam, I read this right before the game. First time since 1991, the Vikings played in Lambeau and didn't face Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. In fact, they've only faced a Packers team without... Farver Rodgers, three times total since nineteen ninety two. Ironically, Rogers tore his Achilles in week one first or excuse me with the Jets. I guess what's your big picture overview of what transpired today and your best guess on what's gonna happen, I guess, over these next forty-eight hours before the deadline if you're Quasi and KOC?
3: Yeah, number one gutted for Kirk Cousins because yeah. this might not only be the end of his season, but the end of his Vikings career. And what a devastating way for it to end with the team putting everything together and Kirk Cousins putting back-to-back performances out there that were as good of Kirk performances as we've seen. Um, ironic that he went almost two full games without a sack, and then it was sort of a sack that put them in position for him to you know, be dropping back again, and third and long, and it's all very saddening. Gutted for Kirk. Because he avoided this injury for 35 years, the most durable quarterback that we've you know seen here for a long, long time. Um, trade deadline coming up. I'm I'm secondarily gutted for Quasi Adolfo Mensa, who is absolutely put in the meat grinder here. The decision would be obvious for him if the Vikings were two and six, but they're not. They're rolling. So, do you try to fortify the quarterback position? and bring in Ryan Tannehill. And again, there's money to consider. You probably can't afford a Ryan Tannehill contract, so you might not be able to shoot that high, or a Kyler Murray contract like Luke suggested. You have to consider the money aspect of this as well. Um, So do you go and get somebody else? I don't think that Jaron Hall, if they are trying to make the playoffs, I don't think Jaron Hall is your best option. I mean, I think Nick Mullins would have to be the guy and would have been the guy if he was healthy. Let's remember, Jaron Hall had a very weak training camp and preseason it's not like this was a a star in waiting to take over for Kirk Cousins he did not show in the preseason that he's ready to take on this role so if the Vikings are serious about this they'd probably turn to Nick Mullins whenever he gets back again now his health is suddenly very important as well so does Quasi try to fortify this roster that's playing its best football of the year or do you sell I, they might have been sellers as of two weeks ago, and suddenly he's being pulled in two different directions, Deniel Hunter on the block, maybe an Ezra Cleveland, who's been made expendable by Dalton Reisner. You've got so much to consider, and he's in an, just – totally unenviable situation right now.
1: Yeah, tough spot for sure. And the complexion of the season completely changes. It all takes a 180, obviously, if he is out the remainder of the year. Uh, We'll get back to Kirk here in a second, what it all means, but back to the game itself because they did win and all of a sudden you're still in the thick of this NFC North race. Ron, just how far... I guess does the ceiling drop now with Cousins out and whether it's Mullins or a rookie quarterback potentially taking his place? Because I think a lot of people are going to sit there and say the defense is legit now and the offensive weapons, they're all there on paper, especially when you get JJ back. Is this a team with enough talent to still make the playoffs without Kirk Cousins?
0: Uh, make the playoffs. Yes. I don't know how like dominant they can actually be when they really need a quarterback to go toe to toe with some of these best quarterbacks are going to face in the playoffs. Because uh, you look at them right now, they're the seventh seed. So getting that six or seven seed, I think is not say easy, but I think they can get it done. When you look at the stretch of the next five games, uh, we talked about the uh, the 49ers being a game they had to get between that and the um Uh, the Chiefs and they did it they lost to the Chiefs and ended up beating the 49ers which everybody was like wait what and so the fact that they did that they changed the minds of a lot of doubters and then you end up here and so I, I just don't know how impressive they can be without Kirk Cousins he's been the reason they were impressive if you look at the defense it was not great the entire year it's just starting to come together as Brian Flores gets it figured out and I think that's the crazy part that it's about is Kirk Cousins was one of the top two quarterbacks statistically in NFL up to this point. And everybody was still doubting him.
1: How about the defense, by the way? Uh, because I guarantee you Brian Flores, uh a Brian Flores led defense, excuse me, is not just gonna give up because their starting quarterback goes down. And over these last three weeks. Of all
2: people, Brian Flores will be the last one to quit on a season.
1: Exactly. And over these last three weeks, I look at these last three games specifically. I mean, they've taken things to another level. They've hit a new gear, so to speak. No, they're not the 85 Bears. And you can argue the Packers offense. Okay, they're not playing well right now. But you love to see them grow and get better each week like they have. Packers started the day with four straight three and outs. And up until, you know, that two-minute hurry up before the first half, they really looked lifeless a um, little bit in the second half. Sure. But still all in all, 10 points is 10 points. Luke, just your thoughts on Brian Flores, defense getting better each week.
2: Yeah. You know, it was um, good to see them rise to beating a bad offense. Right. I, th- I think a lot of the time when we got frustrated last year, it was like a bad offense would just suddenly find the game of its life because you'd make it so easy. And Part of defensive philosophy. I think core two defensive philosophy is not stopping everything, but making it hard. Um, the offense at the end of the game, like this game could have very easily gone south and not been a win after Kirk Cousins went down, right? The the offense couldn't get anything going, obviously. And the defense had to make three pretty tough stops. As I mean, they they got the the Packers drove down to the red zone once that's on the defense, but then they make a red zone stop. Um, I I think they made like three true red zone stops with the game on the line Um, or with, with like the comeback on the line. Yeah. The, the last three drives could have all been touchdown drives. So, and they all went fourth down and out. Um, That required moments from Bynum, from Harrison Smith, from Makai Blackman, from DJ Wanham Hunter, everybody needed to get involved there. And when you have, when your team takes that gut punch, like, everybody knew right away, right? Like you, you look at the replay, you look up at the board and you go, Oh my God, that's an Achilles. Everybody knows everybody's emotionally processing that someone's got to step up and close this thing out. Um, that's a big moment, just a big gut check for the Vikings and, and kind of a character building moment of them kind of saying, no, 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 we got a whole quarter left. This one's ours. Let's go take it. And then we'll go home and then we'll cry about it. You know?
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I just want to give, you know, as we talk about the defense, 30 seconds of love to Josh Vitellis, because we talked a lot about him during training camp and OTAs. like, oh my gosh, he's actually starting in these three safety looks, six round pick from the Spielman regime, the role he plays with Flores and his defense. But I'm sitting there today watching the game and eight weeks in, I'm still kind of wow, just how much he's not only elevated his play, but the impact he has for Flores and the versatility on every play. I mean, not only does he play almost every snap every week, which is absolutely outstanding, but one play he's blitzing, he's in the backfield, making love flush out of the pocket. The next third down, he's way downfield in centerfield up the hash, making a play on Luke Musgrave on a big third down to force a punt. So he's just been so good, so versatile though. And I think he's one of these glue pieces as far as why Flores' defense has worked so well. Sam, any final thoughts on this defense and how they've improved every week?
3: Well, they've made some young, bad quarterbacks look really young and bad. Yeah, I mean, going mm-hmm. up against Fields, going up against Bryce Young, and then Jordan Love. Like, Can you think of how much fun we'd be having on this show if Kirk Cousins doesn't get hurt? Mm-hmm. If, the, if everything had just, they had just coasted to the finish, won this game by two touchdowns, Kirk was healthy, team was rolling, and then looking at what the Packers have done the last four weeks and what Jordan Love has produced, the inaccuracy... Is appalling, and and the Vikings had good coverage too, but he missed open receivers. His receivers didn't give, do many favors either; they had balls hit off their hands, and then some some awful decision making on his scrambles. Like he was trying to run for first downs on third and long and fourth, fourth and long, sixteen, and obviously not going to get them. Like he he it it was ugly. I mean, and the Vikings give the Vikings credit for making it look ugly. Um, they've done exactly what they should do against these raw quarterbacks. Um, so I would I mean, if you want to take any solace today, it's that Green Bay may be uncertain about their quarterback future as well as the Vikings now are. Um, but Brian Flores is getting the most out of a defense that went into the season, I think, somewhat starved at of personnel. They haven't had Marcus Davenport most, most of the season and they've found a way to to actually look really good. And that San Francisco game proves that they can shut down a good offense as well. So. It's funny to, to think, but if there's anything to hang your hat on going into a second half of the season with no Kirk Cousins, maybe the defense can keep you in some games. That's not a sentence I thought I would utter. Yeah. There's no, something
2: to this. There's something to this that I I, I kind of mentioned, but I want to explain more. So last drive of the game. Um, there were like three touchdown passes that Jordan love just missed, right? So you might say, well, yeah, did the defense really play that? Well, they did have the opportunity. And I think there's something to the difficulty of those opportunities and kind of saying, look, if, they, if they're going to beat us, it means Jordan love has to hit a 45 yard goal ball down the sideline. And we're going to make take everything else away. And I, I don't know what happened to Byron Murphy. Maybe he just got beat on that play. But then the next one that was like a wheel rod that goes to Christian Watson. Diving Christian Watson can't make the play. And say, you know, if we're, we're going to call cover two, and if they're going to beat us, Jordan Love has to throw that corner route, and we don't think he can. And they were right. And that's part of defensive strategy is saying, you know, you can't cover everything, right? There is no defensive strategy that wins against everything. Somewhere you got to have the hole and say, well, how hard is that going to be? Is the whole, you know, in the Donatel world last year, the flaw in the coverage was a slant. Everyone can throw that. But when it's, you know, that deep, those deep, difficult throws, a lot of time in the pocket, time for pressure to get there, if that's going to be the hole, and Jordan Love just could not answer that call, which, yeah, I, again, there's like this solace you can take in that, well, at least the Packers don't really know what their quarterback situation is. Neither do we, but there's a lot of things it could be. Yeah. I, I don't
3: have the uh, breaking news sounder available here. Um, <laughs> Kevin O'Connell has confirmed um, in his postgame address that Kirk Cousins is being evaluated for a serious Achilles
1: injury. Gotcha. Oof, absolutely Man, terrible. just
2: not even like... It wasn't even getting sacked. It was just him looking to scramble and he just steps on it funny. Like it's just yeah. straight, pure, bad luck.
0: And the crazy and- thing about it is if if it's not to say it's a good thing, but if it had happened at us bank stadium, just imagine the, owl Oh my God. And the yeah. cries of like the stadium turf should have been changed. And oh, so the point. fact that it happens on natural grass in green Bay of all places, Like, this is going to be the conspiracy theorists saying, like, you guys have made a big deal about turf and, like, grass can do it, too. So, I mean, it's not a great thing that happened, but, man, like, on natural grass now, like, that whole argument of turf is the only place people tear Achilles. Here we go. Yeah, and I, t- I totally
3: get the second guessing on this, too, because it was third and 19. You really only needed a field goal there late in the game. Why not just run the ball? Like, I've seen oh, people I tweeting do. that. Oh,
2: and
1: yeah, get out of here.
2: I would if they run the ball for two and then miss the kick, you're killing them.
3: And they still miss the kick.
2: But have,
1: I mean, have people been tweeting yet? Was it was it the five stud cleats or the seven stud cleats? Oh so God. we're not going to get yeah. back into that whole fiasco like we did yeah. last year in Green Bay, are we?
2: I think that happens on any cleats. It's just something that happens to people. Like, yeah. it's just, yep. I mean, people tear their Achilles. Like, it's yep. just, I mean, Aaron Rodgers went down on one. Like, yep. every year there's a couple people so, that just so, step like, let, wrong let, and that's Let it. me
3: just derail. I'm sure Luke's got his next thing teed up. Let me just derail it quickly, just a few seconds. So, what does this do now to the Kirk Cousins offseason? Now he's an injured commodity, serious injury, 35 years old. What does this mean for Kirk's market going forward? Can't be good for it, right?
2: I mean, if you you just add that extra layer of risk and and at that age, you know, how are you going to come back?
3: Are you going to be the same guy you were? Um, Would it be more realistic then to sign him to a one year deal? Because he might need to do that now coming off injury. Maybe there is a one year because I think Kirk Cousins would have demanded multi-year money if he had not been injured.
1: Maybe there's a one year return the money he asked for has to be maybe not considerably, maybe that's the wrong word, but certainly a little bit better of a, uh, a market discount perhaps now that he's coming off that brutal injury.
3: I I think that totally changes. It It changes what you do now before the deadline and changes what you think about in the off season too. This has massive ramifications. Yeah. I mean, um, the one
0: thing you could offer him though is a two year deal and just say, Hey, that second year is contingent upon passing the physical. And so you're right. Like this is an opportunity for the Vikings not to be jerks about it, but say, hey, look, I don't think there's another team that wants to sign you with the torn Achilles. You do want to be here in rehab. You do like Minnesota. Um, let's come to a deal that makes it work for all of us. And then maybe they still go draft a quarterback in the you know first or second round, third round, even hopefully right. that they could get somebody that they think could be the next guy like a J.J. McCarthy or a Bo Nix.
1: Yeah, a lot of good points, something that we're certainly going to be discussing over not only the next few days, next few weeks, but next few months for sure. We'll keep diving into the Kirk Cousins discussion, what his loss means for the season. But first, let's get a quick word in from eBay Motors. Guys, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each Week And he's doing it all season long, whether you're looking for help in your best ball league, or if you just need help scouting the weekly waiver wire, Vinny and eBay motors are here to help you find the players that fit your lineup each and every week with eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Just so happens got one of their fits of week eight to help you give you an edge over your opponents. And it's Jamar Gibbs tomorrow night on Monday night football versus the Raiders. Gibbs started out the gate slow. He had his ups and downs, but with David Montgomery out, Gibbs has gotten all the touches in the backfield and through the air. He's red hot off his last game versus Baltimore. Nine passes, 10 targets, put up over 100 yards all purpose and a touchdown. 68 yards rushing last week with David Montgomery out. He's going to be out again this week. The Lions, their seven-point favorites, and Gibbs is going to face a Raiders defense that allows 105 rush yards per game. Now's the time to buy low and offer a trade-up before he goes off for the second straight week. Or if you're playing best ball or if you're in some weekly leagues, make sure you plug in Jamar Gibbs into your lineup tomorrow night. Jamar Gibbs versus the Raiders. That's an official eBay Motors guarantee fantasy football fit. Of week eight. And it's all thanks to Vinny Eyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football, who's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors, who knows every championship team, is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, the same goes for your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, and they got everything you need brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it. And it's with eBay's guaranteed fit. It's going to guarantee to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Keep your ride or diet alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Uh, anyone can answer this one. Just jump in because I think we all watched a little Jaron Hall tape coming out. And then once he got drafted by the Vikings, yeah, we dove in a little, little bit more. He's got some skills, athletic baseball background, a little bit older, but you know, JJ comes back. He's going to have a lot of weapons. This offensive line is playing lights out. Uh, what did you guys like about his skill set, I guess, and how it meshes with the KOC offense?
2: So when he was coming out, he was coming the, the offense they run at BYU is the McVay offense. So he was coming straight into the same offense, which means, you know, shorter learning curve. Um, he struggled a lot in the preseason, but I thought when he got the whole game against Arizona, I thought he played really well in that one. Um, just kind of creating. And I think for him, he's just got to get into a rhythm of the NFL speed. Cause right now it's a lot of, you know, the first thing goes wrong, I'm bailing, which is common for young quarterbacks. I mean, Jordan love does the same thing. Um, you know, it's, it's common for I'll say quarterbacks in their first year starting. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of the learning curve for him, but the expectations are not going to be that he just like comes in and Oh, you know, he's doing the Nick Mullins in San Francisco thing where they just rattle off a whole bunch of wins and it's so fine. I mean, we're going to have to kind of temper what we expect from him. There's going to be mistakes. He did that at BYU, all kinds of like mind numbingly bad interceptions, just the, Oh my God, how could you possibly throw that kind of thing? Um, I mean, maybe they they ironed that out of his game, but that's going to be part of the thing to expect if he has to play. Uh, and then, um, you know, if Nick Mullins comes back and they go with that for the rest of the season, then that becomes that, that question.
3: Yeah, you, you get, you're going to get to enjoy some mobility if we get an extended look at Jaron Hall. And, you know, again the GM and the head coach might have different opinions on this The GM might say, we got to get a nine game look at this rookie. We drafted the coach might say, well, no, Nick Mullins gives us a better chance to win and they're going to have to work that out. It would be more entertaining to watch nine games of Jaron Hall, but more frustrating as well. The mobility is nice. It'll be something we didn't have with Kirk, but as we've seen, like Jordan love, for instance, mobility doesn't, doesn't do a lot for you. If you don't have the arm talent and Jaron Hall in college, he would do things and this is like, this is not a comparison, but he does some like off platform stuff with the arm where you say, Oh, like I've seen that from Patrick Mahomes before. And that's who we all compare people to. Um, and he does some exciting things there, but the consistency is going to be lacking early for him. And like Luke said, there'll be some face Paul moments where you really miss Kirk cousins. So yeah, mm-hmm. if they do give him a long look, um, at least that will inform their decision on what to do with hall going forward.
1: Ron you've played the game before how tough is it and who knows maybe Nick Mullins is the guy next week we'll see but how tough is it for a rookie yes he's been here for what five six months now studying the playbook but how tough is it for a guy to come in now off the bench and be thrusted into action and I guess how much do you expect KOC to you know quote-unquote dumb down the offense and simplify things for him next week
0: well uh my last is my last one before I get out of here um the, the one thing I'll say, one, I don't think you dumb down the offense. Like Jaron Hall came from BYU, smart kid. Uh, he, he's older and more wiser than uh, a true like rookie out of the college football scene. Uh, BYU has a great culture. Um, we know not, no jokes about Zach uh, Wilson or whatever, but just think about Zach Wilson's age at the time he left BYU compared to Jaron Hall and where he has in his life. Um, I I think what Kevin O'Connell does honestly is you try to find ways to make your athlete better. And how do you make your athlete work on the field? Um a lot of the things today we saw saw on film versus the 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 uh, Lions. The Lions motioned a lot quickly just to just to get a little movement just to make the DB second guess. And so I think that's going to be the trend going forward. He's going to have to help Jaron Hall out a lot with coverage and seeing the cuz the game sped up. You could see it, it sped up for Jaron Hall early on. Like he was holding the ball too long. We hadn't seen a strip sack fumble in a while and then Jaron Hall comes in and it happens. So I think that's the thing is Kevin O'Connor is going to have to help Jaron Hall slow the game down, and I don't know how you do that, but it is tough for a rookie quarterback to be thrust in when you thought, look, clipboard for the rest of the season, and I just get to sit back, and uh, I'm only coming in when they win.
1: Yeah, well said. That's Ron Johnson again on X at 3 Ron Johnson, Check him out every week on the Ron Johnson Show. Appreciate you, Ron. As always, we'll talk to you later on this week. Uh, Luke, you know, I guess I'm just kind of grabbing for, you know, any type of glass half full kind of things here. The offensive line, though, I mentioned that earlier. The offensive line has played really good as of late. I know you got to go back and watch all the tape this week. But I guess just from sitting down these last three hours, what would you see from Dalton Reisner, the offensive line protection up front? Uh,
2: the protection was pretty good. Again, um, I don't think that that Packers pass rush is going to be the one that, I mean, Rashawn Gary's having a pretty good season, but mm-hmm. he he kind of got one play, a couple of miscues. Um, I think f- when it did go wrong, I think it was communication between like Bradbury and Dalton Reisner, two guys who've probably had the least time together. That co- that communication there is where you would expect there to be the issues. Um, Brian O'Neill got beat around the edge on the, on the Rashawn Gary sack, but I'm nitpicking there, there's definitely going to be a lot more to like, I think on the tape than not, especially in pass pro the run game struggled a little bit from my live eye, which is not very good. It goes fast and I got to slow it down to really see it. Um, but it looked like there were a lot of times where Madison tried to take things too far, too wide too far outside where he should have been able to cut that back uh, sooner. There's one toss play that comes to mind that ended up in a seven yard loss. Um, where you just, you just have to s- cut that thing back and then he ends up spinning and running around and making it worse. Um, but I will say this week, cam acres fully 50, 50 with Madison. Mm-hmm. So in the last two weeks, it's been going, becoming more and more acres and less and less Madison. And it's always how it was going to play out. You're not going to do the thing where you say you're out, you're fired, you're on the bench forever. No, we're going to say, all right, we'll give acres two more drives this time. Okay. We'll have him be 50, st- 50 this time. So I'm curious to see next week. What they do um, with Akers and Madison, maybe it'll be Akers getting, you know, two drives to Madison's one, which is what they did with him last week against San Francisco um, the other way around. So I, I I'm for it. I think Cam Akers has played better than Madison more consistently than Madison, um, but we'll see just how aggressive the Vikings are pushing that.
1: Sam lot can happen from now until Tuesday afternoon, the trade deadline. Um, But my bigger question, I guess is, do you expect Dalton Reisner to continue to start? Even if Ezra Cleveland is fully healthy next week.
3: I actually do. I do think that. um, And I, I don't know exactly what happens with Ezra Cleveland. Again, he is in a contract year and he's the trade piece that nobody talks about. Um, Daniil Hunter, people talk about KJ Osborne to some extent. Ezra Cleveland, um, you know, you could let him walk in free agency, get a comp pick for 2025, or if you could get something for him now, maybe that's a, a hedge of a sell where you're not, I mean, you would be trading a backup, right? You'd be trading a backup, getting maybe a mid-round pick. That might be sort of a medium sell that Kwesi can undergo without blowing things up. That might, might make sense. And I, I see Dalton Reisner maybe being in that mix to be the starter there long-term. He is certainly held his own in these first two games. I mean, I watched him a lot, just kind of zoning in on 66. He is fantastic. And next to Darisaw, that, that blind side has been beautifully protected. So I'm bullish on the offensive line. I'm bullish on you know some, some of these receiving pieces. Jordan Addison, if we're talking glass half full, was excellent again today. Mm-hmm. Osborne, Hawkinson. Um, without Jefferson, the passing game has really looked wonderful, and that makes this all the more a shame. To lose Kirk Cousins yeah. when everything was coming together, it was like all phases, and and now a total one eighty in complexion of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to push yep, back a
3: little ahead.
2: bit. I,
3: I don't think Reisner had a perfect game this time.
2: Um, there was one play. I, I can't remember if it was a sack or if it was a, a run play that got blown up. Where Bradbury tried to it's a double right. So for one, their depths weren't the same with each other. Um, and Bradbury tried to pass off, I think it was Kenny Clark to Reisner who just whiffed like, there's just like the ugly thing. If that were Ed Ingram, I'm sorry. If that were Ed Ingram, it'd be anything anyone talked about on Twitter about the O-line all day. But because we have different perceptions coming from this guy was new and we don't have all the baggage, I don't think he gets as much flack for it, but it was a really bad rep. Um, that has like if going back to Reisner's Broncos tape, that was what gave me trepidation was that there was like three or four of those that just like it's just it happened like one too many times to say it was a fluke. I think if we were going to go in straight up, who's the best player? What are we doing for getting trade value? Who's playing? I I would feel much more comfortable with Ezra Cleveland. That said, look, your quarterback just went down, flip Ezra Cleveland. You don't really get that much work worse. Like I don't think the margin is huge. So get a little bit worse, get a draft pick and Hey, your QBs out anyways. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a lot more sympathetic to those now that Kirk's out, right? Like that's yeah. going to be a, a, a much easier sell for me. Then, you know, the the sell that was oh no we're
3: we're 0-3. You know, well yeah. there's and, a lot of season left. But now there's without the The more mid round picks you have, the more arsenal you have if you do want to make a trade up yep. in this draft. Like yep. that I think we have to accept that yeah, there's no um number, there's probably not a top five pick coming your way. So if you want to move up, then you're going to have to have assets to do that. Um, And, you know, trading a guy like Cleveland might get the job done. Someone who started in the league for three and a half years, that certainly would be worth something uh, with as, as poor as the offensive line play can be in this league.
1: All right. Last couple here before we wrap up, we'll look at the schedule coming up and what it all looks like right after I tell you about DoorDash. Quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash, and we've all been there, guys. Dinner's long gone. The fridge is empty, but you still got the itch for one more meal. That's the perfect time to open up the DoorDash app with all your favorite restaurants and grocery stores at your fingertips. You name it, they got it, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. No questions asked. Easy to use and convenient. As it gets. And now DoorDash is offering free delivery on all your orders with the Dash Pass membership. What I love the most, without a doubt, is how in depth and detailed you can get with your orders. DoorDash offers you the peace of mind and ability to customize your order every time to your liking to get you exactly what you're craving for a limited time. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKED at checkout. That's 50% off up to $20 with no minimum subtotal, no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. One more time, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Luke, last one here real quick. Almost to the halfway mark. Weird year thus far. Huge win mm-hmm. today, though, moves us closer in the NFC North race. Falcons, Saints, Denver, Chicago, then your bye week, I guess. Where do we go from here?
2: Who's next? Falcons?
1: Yep, at at Atlanta. Yeah. Let's
2: figure it out. Figure out how to beat the Falcons, right? I, I think the next 48 hours will be big. Do they do something, right? It, whether it's something modest or, you know, Do they get Ryan Tannehill, right? Somebody that can just dish it out and say, you know, JJ and Addison, maybe we can make something of this. Uh, Or maybe they truly become sellers at the deadline. Like everybody says, huge change in circumstance. So ask me again on like Wednesday.
3: Sam, Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as negative as it all feels, uh, I will point out that some of the most unlikely magical Viking seasons have come about because of a backup that came in and mm. led them to great things. Mm. Cody Wilson, baby, George, Wilson, Keenum. So, I mean, if I think that there is still reason to be excited about the Vikings. There's a lot of good pieces. And even if, and if you're not excited about the Vikings winning football games, like if that's not something that's going to be on the table going forward, you can still be excited about watching guys develop, watching young pieces, watching Justin Jefferson when he comes back. Like there's still a lot of good skeleton of this team the defense coming together um but the next two days will inform a ton of of what happens going forward I still don't think the Vikings are out of the playoff race because of this soft schedule coming up but my argument there was you're gonna have the quarterback advantage in all those games and now you've lost the quarterback advantage in like your next five that you might have had
1: Yep, well said. Vikings beat the Packers 24-10, now sit at 4-4 four and four on the year. Kirk Cousins may be potentially lost for the season with that torn Achilles. We got to get out of here, but rest assured, we'll be breaking it all down all week right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. So glad for everybody that could join us. Thank you so much everybody that tuned in and followed along on today's postcast. And another reminder, we're going to be here every single game from here on out the rest of the season, so make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And another reminder to go follow Luke. Make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. He's pumping out everything thing you need to know throughout the vikings 2023 season that'll do it for us today though follow us on x at luke underscore spinman special thanks to ron johnson at three ron johnson check him out on the ron johnson show at luke Ron nfl check him out every day in the On vikings podcast sam ekstrom host of minnesota football party he's on x at sam ekstrom for luke Ron, ron johnson sam ekstrom i'm luke Edman. until next time signing out